Welcome to Scalable and Saleable, where we find out what great entrepreneurs have done to scale their businesses. Stay right here for the next few minutes to leverage validated methodologies for growth and create a way more scalable and a sellable business for yourself. Let's get started. Thank you so much for being here. Um, would you mind telling our audience a little bit more about who you are and what your businesses are? Sure. So my name is Jennifer Davis, not related to the Jeff Davis on the other side of this podcast. So uh, although we share greatness in a last name, there's uh, there's no... Uh, Jay no Davis. Yeah, yeah. But I guess I have to ask what your middle name is because uh, that would be really creepy if we had the same initials too. Let's say, <laughs> let's say our middle initials at the same time. Three, two, one. Um, L. <laughs> okay. That would have been <laughs> close. <laughs> I'm sorry, you were saying. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. So my name is Jennifer Davis and um, my, our story is a little bit unique, but um, we've been serial entrepreneurs throughout my career. But the primary business that we had was a tech startup. So we started it. Actually, I was 17 and my husband was 22. He wasn't my husband then, but um, we were children when we started our business and um, we had the bright idea that we wanted to create uh, we wanted to create um an ERP system for contractors. So our, at our 17, idea, you wanted at to 17, do that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it was a pretty crazy story, but my husband's brother owned an HVAC business and we saw the deficiencies in the system that he was using and, um, literally used graph paper to draw the screens and design what was going on. And, and my husband would program, I would design it on literal graph paper. My husband would program it, I would debug it, he would fix it. And then I would write the, the documentation that went with it. And then ultimately I was, you know, the one that was out selling. So um, that was very, very rudimentary uh, start to what we ended up doing. Uh, we did that, that small little startup turned into a $20 million software business that uh, spanned, we had about 200 employees when we sold in 2019. Uh, we um, outsourced to India before most of the big tech companies did and um, did just a lot of things that were pretty rogue, um, I would say, in the, in the industry. And then 2019, we sold the business. And um, after a 15-month process, that was, it was really, really insane. And um, sold it to a, a private equity firm named Serent Capital. Uh, I stayed on as CEO, was supposed to stay on for six months, maybe 12 months max, but then COVID hit. Uh, so I just finished up my tenure at Davis Ware in December. Wow. Uh, yeah. And so in the meantime, I was working on uh, kind of what I wanted to do second. I said uh, Gen 2.0 was going to do things I loved with people I liked that made a difference in the world. And so my newest venture is a company called Be Exponential. And we are creating an online community that um, surrounds people with tools and community to you know create their own success and so i think entrepreneurs are um you know probably the target in in kind of what we're looking for because mm -hmm. i know in my own um experience that was what we really needed i always felt like the unicorn on the unicorn ranch or unicorn on the cow ranch i guess uh and uh really just wanted to make sure that gen 2.0 was going and changing the world and helping entrepreneurs do what they do 
I wonder how many versions there will be. This is 2.0. It's <laughs> 2.0. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll stay tuned for the next few decades to see how many reincarnations you've got in you. Um, so you're 17. You're doing sales. You can barely get into a rated R movie. Um, <laughs> so crazy. You grew it to 20 million. What do you attribute your growth to? Oh, that's... Uh... So I think there's a few different things if I had to reflect back. And I think um, I think that we never looked around. We just did what we needed to do. We both are insanely, insanely, insanely hard workers. We come from, we have 20 brothers and sisters. So um, between us, my husband has 12 and I have eight. And so we come have on. these large. Yeah, we really do. There are um, 20, and- 20 aunts and uncles, not counting spouses. That is correct. So our, uh, our 10 children have uh, 20, but, you know, biological aunts and uncles. So it's pretty crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, I mean, I, I have dared to find an entrepreneur that doesn't know how to work. I think entrepreneurs, you know, we feed on work. We like to work. I came from a family of serial entrepreneurs. Um, for certain, uh, you know, so my first jobs were coring out transmissions in cars. And then I got upgrade, you know, I got a promotion to go help my mom with the books and the finances of our family business. And so when I look at what we did with our business, you know, a lot of it was just tuning out the noise. I think there's a world full of people out there that just tell us all the things we can't do. And we just did them anyway. Um, you know, I grew up in the car business. So Jeff, I always have a lot of analogies. And one of the analogies that I always have, as I say, you know, we have to treat our, our trip like a road trip in a car. And so, you know, when we're driving down the road, if we spend too much time looking in the rearview mirror, then we're going to crash. And certainly the rearview mirror has value. We have to look back to see Mm -hmm. from whence we came, but we can't focus there because we won't see where we're going. And the side mirrors give us perspective on what else is going on around us. But if we spend too much time looking out the side view mirrors, then, you know, we're also going to crash uh, because, and that could be a head-on collision. So that wouldn't be good. Um, And so I just have always thought about life like that, that we have to think about things uh, from our own perspective and spend most of our time looking forward and you glance left and right and see what everybody else is doing, but you know, not to fixate, it on, fixate on it. And so most of what we did was impossible. I, I was very, <laughs> very little of it that was possible. Um, so you know, I think I that's that. probably- most- I love that most of what we did is impossible. Yeah, yeah. But no, you're 17, you don't realize. It, no, it, no. So you do it. Yeah, I just very funny stories. Like, you know, we had a client, one of our very first clients that was like a, you know, a big deal. He took us out to celebrate signing the contract and like he ordered wine for the table. <laughs> like, my gosh, I am like, if they card me, I'm done. You know, <laughs> like. And, right. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, not, it's not like I'm almost there. I still got four years (laughs) right right oh my god and and back like I couldn't you couldn't rent a car until you were 25 so I would go to all these cities and I'd be like no I just don't like driving in you know other cities it was like I actually couldn't legally drive I couldn't get a car wow that's amazing (laughs) pretty pretty Um, crazy yeah I'm sure you've learned so much along the way all all the multiple decades based off all those past experiences if uh, well, I like to ask if you were coming into a brand new, totally different business, what would be the first things you think you'd look into to start growing it? But you are actually are 
starting a brand new business. So what are the first things that you're looking into to start growing it? Yeah, so that's a great question. When, you know, when we started our business before, we didn't have capital, you know, we everything was sweat equity. Uh, and we never had the time to plan. And I think that's a typical entrepreneurial situation. You know, you you see something your boss is doing that you don't like and you think you can do it better. And then you go start, you know, you start doing that on the side and pretty soon it becomes your main business. And pretty soon, 10 years later, you're doing a lot of the mistakes your boss did because uh, that's, you know, that's the reality of uh, of mm -hmm. the evolution. So, you know, for me, it was really about getting really structured and getting, um, you know, the habits that we create are, are incremental. So people always think, you know, it was an overnight success. We were absolutely an overnight success. If your overnight is 33 years, um, <laughs> you know, then, then that's true, but people don't, that isn't what it is. You know, Kobe Bryant wasn't better because he was so naturally gifted. It's that he did it 10,000 times more. And, you know, Muhammad Ali did it 10,000 times more and everybody. And so I knew that once I'm a very, I'm a very structured and disciplined person that I knew that this time around, it needed to be very structured. So spending time putting job descriptions in place, we didn't have job descriptions for two decades. Uh, you know, <laughs> wait, hold on. Don't brush, brush by that. <laughs> yeah. You did have job descriptions for the first two decades, not the first, you know, two quarters. Right. Or the first two people, you didn't have job descriptions for the first two decades. Um, but um, but you you mentioned Muhammad Ali and how, how much harder he worked than the other boxers. He didn't even start counting his sit-ups until they started hurting. That's when he's right. like, oh. um, yeah. what do you what do you feel most small business owners do wrong? Oh, uh, I think probably um, not being willing to give up control you know, of, you know, various different aspects. Um, so I can give you the perspective of what did we do wrong um, for sure. And I would say one of the, the biggest areas is not being willing to hire people, you know, soon enough and um, being willing to let go of details and really not focused on what's the highest and best use of their time. And every time that we were in a spot that I couldn't figure out what was wrong, if I really took a moment to look into it it was that I just wasn't doing what was the highest and best use of my time mm. and that's for you entrepreneurs that are think you're a champ because of how busy you are and how late you stayed up I mean we I think we both would agree we commend the work ethic but a lot of times you know busy isn't always better it's just right what, what you're doing during that time if you could go back to 17 year old you and say one thing what would you say? Do it faster, believe in yourself more. I, you know, just the confidence. I didn't have the confidence to do the things that it took a long time for me to realize, um, you know, that we were something special and that we could do things better, you know, in many ways than what was going on around us. And I just didn't mm. realize that. So Is limiting beliefs slowed you down? For sure. It's, you know, one of my, my primary core belief is the human mind is the biggest inhibitor to our growth and success. And I just absolutely believe it. I think every time I look inwardly at myself, it's always because I was holding myself back. Um, and, you know, I think that 
I decided maybe about 20 years ago, 25 years ago, that I was going to stop being afraid of anything and anything that I hated doing, I was going to do more of. And it, um, it caused me to more start running. I hate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it caused me to run marathons, which I hate running. Mm-hmm. Um, it caused me to ride a 600 mile bike ride across to Iowa. I hated Oof. doing, um, Oof. it caused me to read some, I did, it took one year and read all biographies on people I hated. Um, Thank God, that's a book. Yeah. There's a, there's a book yeah. in there somewhere. There could be. I did write a book, but that wasn't the book. Yeah, it, it, and, and you could say, I hate this book. It could be like your, yeah. <laughs> your tagline. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, but I question? think all of those yeah. things, I apologize, all of those yeah. things give you... Um, fortitude and just determination to go through things that are uncomfortable, you know, um, and I coached cross country for 23 years. And what do you realize is like being successful at cross country is getting comfortable, feeling uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also entrepreneurialism, right? It's like, you have to, you have to be willing to dig into the things that you just don't want to do and, um, you know, and get deep in the weeds and that's where you roll up your sleeves and spend the dark, dark, long nights. Yeah, there definitely are parallels. Just this morning, I I was running up this long uphill thing. It just goes forever. This never flattens out. And I I mean, I could see up in the distance where it turns off to the right. And I know it starts to go down and and it feels like it feels so easy by the time you've gotten up there. Um, And I just remember like wanting to stop, wanting to stop, wanting to stop and just telling myself, yeah, it, this really sucks. My thighs feel like they're about to just like snap off. And, but, but I'm just, I'm just not gonna stop running. I feel mm-hmm. how horrible this feels. I'm just not gonna stop. And it was like, it wasn't even an option. And uh, I think you do have to do that when uh, it feels like you're just going nowhere and it's nothing seems to be going your way. Um, what questions should I be asking you, but I haven't? Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. Uh, you know, so I would say that, you know, looking back at our business, if I had to look back, you know, how did we balance, you know, how do we balance it all? Cause it was my husband and I in the business. I think that's a, that's a pretty, um, pretty interesting answer, which, uh, you know, we have 10 kids. So, um, so we've been married for 30 years and we have 10 children. So that's pretty much like mind blow to most people. Um, and, you know, the answer to that is, is we just didn't do it like everybody else. We took, we bought the building right next to our kids at school. Um, and we vacationed on business trips. So we spent our whole summer in a camper traveling around the U.S. and did that, did it differently. But all of those, they aren't, you know, they're interesting and sometimes very funny stories. We have a whole Um, I could be a stand-up comedian with all the crazy things we've done, but what it really is, what the message is to entrepreneurs is it's all incremental. It isn't like, you know, there isn't a big win when you're an entrepreneur, it's all incremental wins. Um, And it's just like working hard. If you have outworked somebody, you'll eventually beat them. If you, um, you know, if you take the time to pay attention to what everybody else is doing instead of what you're doing, um, you know, you aren't going to find the same success as if you just put a shoulder into it and just get busy and do it. What do you say to the entrepreneurs that feel like they haven't gotten that win in a while? 
Like it's been maybe a couple of weeks since they felt the sensation of a win. Yeah. Yeah. I think that oftentimes we focus on the negatives. And so uh, my answer there would be look for where, look for where the win is. Cause the win is probably there. It's a, it's a pretty rare occasion that the win isn't there somewhere. It's just not the win we were wanting or hoping for. Mm. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, um, you know, that's probably, you know, when, and just looking back in 2004, my husband spent about 300 days in India. Um, we were, you know, the, in 1999, um, you know, Y2K was coming and we were all very prepared for this big fiasco and there was none. It was, it was all overblown, just like many things. And, um, but during that time, I'll never forget on New Year's Eve on 1999, my, we were at the office waiting for the world to melt down. And at the time, my husband loaded this new software on his computer. And it was the first time that we were looking at graphical user interface or GUI, like you know, Windows. Um, and he played with it some time. I had it on my computer. We're having a grand old time being geeks. And um, he closed his, his computer screen and he said, you know, we got a really big problem is um, it's gonna, it says statistically, it takes four to 10 times longer to program in this language. And unless you can sell it for four to 10 times more, or we can hire people for four to 10 times less, like we, we have a real problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we both grew up as Midwesterners, farm kids, you know, the idea of outsourcing felt like the worst thing we could possibly ever do. We're very red-blooded Americans, I would say. And um, we just realized like that was our only option. And out of that, that revelation that evening came the decision to outsource. And we outsourced three times, um, twice we failed. Um, and they were really big fails. Um, and the third time we were successful and we were successful because I was willing to take the risk to have him go overseas and he was willing to take the risk and buy a one-way ticket at a time when, um, you know, internet phones, IP phones didn't exist. And, Mm -hmm. you know, internet wasn't reliable, power wasn't Mm -hmm. reliable. And he said, I'll be back when I figure it out. And Uh, uh, while he was gone, I sold our office building and moved into a more cost-effective one, moved into our brand new house. Uh, He came home for the birth of our fifth child, but I was, uh, had a brand new baby and, uh, um, you know, he, he got done over there, what needed to be done. And what happened was we realized that all Americans were leaving and and outsourcing to go buy labor. And, you know, people are people, no matter where you go. Um, Dr. Seuss said that one time. And, uh, and what he realized is they wanted to be invested in, in the same way Americans want to be invested in. And so he incorporated our business bought a rented office space, hired a lawyer, an accountant, and a banker, and we became an Indian corporation in 2004, which is well before most of the the tech world was there. Um, And, you know, to this day, we have employees that have stood through with us since then. And uh, the Indian uh, culture is not known to stay long-term, and we've had people with us for decades. Um, but it was because we chose to invest in people. And so, you know, I think most entrepreneurs, when they lose their desire to, um, when most entrepreneurial businesses, excuse me, not the entrepreneurs, step away from that as one of their, their primary core beliefs is when, you know, the wheels start coming off the rails and, 
you know, you kind of lose your joy in what you're doing, or maybe the business starts to flounder. And so Mm -hmm. going back to your other question, I think that's, that's something that I would say is just, you know, remember from once you came, um, you know, you you do need that rearview mirror once in a while, um, you know, to look back at, at how you built the business. Yeah, that's awesome. Not necessarily evaluate yourself from where you are to where you want to go, but sometimes, especially when you haven't had a win in a while, evaluate yourself from where you are compared to where you were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. 